0: Welcome along, it's the All Things Techie podcast, episode 13 with myself, Justin Dawson. Simon Lang, missing in action. If anyone knows where Simon is missing in action, please let us know. No, he's, he's still off. And with uh, continuing our series, listeners, on uh, AV people and how they got involved in the audiovisual industry. We have some really interesting stories to tell you. And today we're talking with Stephen Ashby. Stephen is the technology manager of operations at involved visual collaboration uh, based in Kent in the United Kingdom. Uh, it was Steve's birthday and he had some weird and wonderful birthday presents from his kids. I have been sworn to secrecy on what presents he got. Uh, but if someone was to pop a beer in front of myself and Steve off mic, we probably will tell you the story episode 13 of the all things techie podcast stay tuned The All Things Techie Podcast is a product of the Extreme Media Network. For advertising and sponsorship opportunities, please visit www.extrememedia.ie. That's X-T-R-E-M-E, media.ie.
1: All Things Techie Podcast, brought to you by two tech junkies, Justin Dawson and Simon Lang. For more, visit www.allthingstech.ie for all things techie. I, I um, suddenly realised I was like, I'll man, in my Involve shirt." It's <laughs> okay. We can do we can do free advertising. Isn't
2: yeah. <laughs> and, and happy birthday, Steve!
1: Thank you very much. Yes.
2: <laughs> Did you take the day off work?
1: I didn't know the kids are at school, so it sort of I sort of thought about it and I thought, shall I? Shall I? I thought, no, save it for. So, with something else, I'm quite, I'm quite lucky, really. I'm sort of certainly when I'm working from home, of my own sort of time. So,
2: well, let let's dive dive right into it because we sort of like we're sort of answering some questions right there. And um, Steve, thanks for joining us. Steve's birthday today, listeners. Um, and <laughs> Steve, are you going to tell us what age you are?
1: I'm 37, so not too oh. bad.
2: You're only, only a year older than
1: me, then, right? So. There you go, exactly. You see, both still prime of our youth. Yeah.
2: So, so how many? Like, I, 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 love the pictures around around your office with uh, dads, teddies, birthday boy, even the kids. <laughs> so, how many kids have you got there in the I've,
1: I've got two. I've got a five-year-old and a seven-year-old, going on seventeen.
2: So, so you uh, actually never sleep, is what you're telling me. You.
1: No, uh, no, 4.30 this morning, and that wasn't anything to do with my birthday at all.
2: Oh, my God. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> do we want to go into the story? Yes, we do. We want to go into the story.
1: No, I think this, this morning was uh, woken up because they insist on having bathroom light on at night, which is fine. Okay. Um, but with it being particularly warm now, the summer season, uh, we have wind. obviously the windows open at mm-hmm. night. And uh, there was a giant moth, apparently. Uh-oh. So uh, the eldest couldn't go to uh, couldn't go to the bathroom until somebody had removed it for her. She'll hold snakes. She is, you know, she'll wander off in a supermarket, no problem at all. But a moth, the whole house must wake.
2: Right. Yeah. That, that, and is it's, it's wife the same, or or where does this phobia come from?
1: I don't know where it comes from to be fair. The wife's okay. The wife can't do certain spiders. Okay. Uh but she's she's okay with most things. Right. I think even 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 at the sort of school fairs and things like that, when they bring along the reptiles, she don't doesn't mind holding them. Whereas myself, snakes keep no. them keep away them. from me. Okay. <laughs> well away.
2: <laughs> well anyway, so that's made a long day of this and hopefully the the Kids have gone to bed at this stage, or are they on the summer holidays now?
1: No, uh, no, 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 god, three more weeks, uh, until they're off the six. Um, the youngest is fast asleep because she did not appreciate getting woken up, but the eldest is still floating around in the background. So, so hopefully, we might have she
2: some interruptions th- throughout the show, is what you're telling it's,
1: me. It's, it's possible, well, but I hope not.
2: <laughs> love outtakes on this program. So, Steve, how did you... What we're going to do is we're going to do a bit of a quick fire buzzer around and, and bits and pieces but i always think it's an interesting question that we always ask av guys and and girls because we're a diverse
1: association yes
2: mm-hmm. how did you get involved in the world of audiovisual
1: um by mistake
2: by mistake great answer moving on next question go <laughs> on tell us uh
1: now I, I was 16 um I, I, I broke my arm sort of quite severely in my GCSE years at school, it took about a year in total for it to heal, uh, several operations and whatnot. So all took me, my, my grades sort of slipped, I was massive IT buff, and I wanted to go into IT, but of course I wanted to go on, uh, college, didn't have the grades in the end to, to get on, the grades were okay, but they weren't the, the A's for the advanced course that I wanted. So um Subsequently, the course I went on, the next level was the the first week was learning how to turn on and off a PC, and I was sort of like can't be doing this, oh. so I sort of slipped into a way of doing um, working at Woolworths back in the day, oh, yeah. um, and I was sort of skipping oh. college to go work at Woolworths until one day, uh, the, the the college phoned up and said, um, look, maybe best spoke to my mom. That's what they did in those days, and said maybe be best suited uh, in a work work based uh, training scheme. Um, and mom sort of turned. Around, yeah, okay. Where? And I went. Well, we've got two choices. There's an apprenticeship in which you'll receive about hundred pounds a week, mm-hmm. uh, working for a car rental company doing IT, or there's Warwick University. All right. Um, but it's fifty pounds a week. And mom turned around and went, "I'll go to Warwick University." Yeah. Um, I was like, "Yeah, thanks for that." And I think at that age, 16, you're like, well, I want the extra 50 quid a week. Yeah. But um, no, it's one of the best things she's ever done. For me, you know, one of the best things she ever uh, did for me. Um, and I went along thinking I was going to work for IT services, and it was audiovisual services.
2: Oh, super.
1: And the story started there.
2: So how many years are you now with Warwick? Well, you, well, you were with Warwick. I, were
1: with, I, I was with them. Um, I left after nine years. Okay. Okay. Um, So, nine years in in HE and then went, started again, um, went down to Big Smoke London. um, And because, I don't know what it's like now, but certainly back then, higher education wasn't as recognised in the AV industry as as certainly as it is now, to be fair.
2: No, no, hold on. It still is.
1: Right.
2: You know, well, I find that the baby minnow working in higher education where. You know, you, you listen to Joe Wade's podcast and it's the same mm. over in America. You go to Infocom, you go to ISE and they go, oh, you work in higher education. Well, you know, you, don't, you guys don't spend it. But just if you go it, private sector and public sector, it's completely different
1: than we all. Yeah, absolutely, and that's the strangest things. Warwick has um, a fantastic setup in terms of uh, Conference Park so thirty-two weeks a year is, is the academic year and then the other literally the other 22 is conferencing for, for, for blue chip companies you know just big corporate companies um and so it was sort of when I left Warwick and wanted to sort of join AV down London I was sort of classed as not enough experience in anything And I'm thinking I've dealt with like massive companies with the height of pressure in terms of they're in for four days back then you know yeah 20 years ago it was they're spending sort of quarter of a million pounds to be there for four days you know it's absolutely massive
2: yeah and was was the job when you went down to london was it different like when you when you went into the private end of things what were you what was your first like you're doing live events politics politics (laughs) Politics
1: is yeah. amazing. All of a sudden, this this world of politics. But in 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 fairness, yeah, the corporate side was suddenly a lot. You know, a, a, it was a lot. It was it was different, but not the work. You know, the work in which you did, you still went along. You still helped people set up their video conferencing. You mm-hmm. still sorted out the same forms that you did before. Um, but you also had other knowledge in which you suddenly shocked them with. Um, when you came out, because I think, you know, certainly in higher education, um, back then, nothing was nothing was outsourced. Yeah. yeah. Um, apologies about the g- background of they no, You're wait, wandering wait. around the house no, trying no, to no, find no. me. I think.
2: My, my one and a half year old going on two in August, he, he could wake up at any moment as well. <laughs> we couldn't we go with that all. But how many years ago are we talking about? We're talking nearly 15 plus years ago, are we?
1: Um. So... About uh yeah, about twelve years ago now. Okay. Um, so, yeah, so when the obviously we had the uh, financial crisis, mm-hmm. and all of a sudden everything started going a bit, bit wrong in the industry, and, and uh, so yeah, so I went down to went down to London, um, worked in house for a while um, for, for a law firm and. Yeah, it was pretty good, and then unfortunately they went through a, a load of redundancies after about nearly a year. Mm-hmm. Um, but which they just sort of masked. Obviously, that was a bit of corporate then back on the CV, so it made it a bit easier. Uh, did a bit of freelance, uh, which you had know, to strongly consider because that's where the money was. And, uh, did a bit of that for about three months and uh, ended up. Uh, ended up working for Barclays uh, through a um, sort of systems integrator and, and a service provider um, for, for for about three years, uh, doing sort of VC bridging and, and VIP events and things like that. And it's great for me. That was it, was it was brilliant to 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 degree because it was heavily involved in VC and and during the sort of change from ISDN to IP and Yes. and uh and we're, you know we're talking globally we looked after um the the estate so yeah it kept me certainly kept me the, the sort of cv building the knowledge building and, and the gaps that then in other areas while still then drawing back on their technical knowledge um through the previous sort of 10 years experience mm-hmm.
2: and that and that then led you to an evolve
1: piece. Uh, no, no. Um, I went from there, and I'll tell you what. I, it was, I didn't drive. Um, I couldn't drive. I didn't drive for for, okay. for, for until uh, until my first child was born, actually, about seven years ago. Right. Um, I didn't need to. I, I worked in one place for, for nine years, which was a you know, fifteen-minute bus journey every sort of five ten minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I, I worked and lived in London, and you you don't drive in London. So um, no. So, so I didn't need to, and then I sort of passed my test um, and went, you know what, I want to go out on the road. I want to be a sort of service engineer. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, and I subsequently went to another systems integrator and did that for uh, for about another sort of two years until the opportunity at Evolve came along. And at the time I was, I was happy where I was, and, and I wasn't too sort of sure about whether I wanted to make another step at that point. I'd, I'd uh, my second child had just come along, and I was thinking, mm, "This is, a, you know, do I want to be swapping jobs now? Is this the right time?" And uh, thank I ask myself that every day, Steve. Yeah. Exactly, that's it. It's a very difficult decision to make, and thankfully, um, I, I took the leap. And well, it's it's the last sort of four and a half, five years haven't. It's not stopped. Um, it's been it's been amazing. So got to draw back on all the uh, experience that I'd sort of built upon and learn and, and everything through through, through the sort of previous 15, 16 years um, and, and start using that, that every single day and being allowed to use it as well. I think it's when you're one person in a big sort of environment, um, you can get lost. So
2: you, you you have quite a team probably underneath you then,
1: in in the company. Um, yeah, there's we've got we're constantly growing. So um, I don't even know. I remember I started and I was a uh, big thing was made so I was uh, employee number one hundred. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, and subsequently now I think we're we sort of one hundred and fifty, between one hundred and fifty and two hundred mark at least. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's been a it's been a real continuous growth um and you know we've got some we've got some great engineers as well and you know some real um people again that are sort of recognizing that you know it's the type of company that can that allow you to spread your wings and, and to, to be noticed and that's 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 the right culture well, isn't you're,
2: it? Yeah. you're hitting the nail on the head and it's probably what every audiovisual person wants is to find their scope in what they enjoyed the most. And there's such a wide umbrella of whether it be doing tech support, whether it be doing sales, you know, everyone's coming that I've talked to on this podcast has come into audiovisual in a different way. And, and yeah. so I also seen that like Involve have an apex, which is, which is really difficult to get. It's a high award. So, and also you, you mentioned as well that you, we're an early school leaver, so um, with everything you've done now, I guess you have come back and just gone. Now that I'm in audiovisual, I'm going to go off and get qualifications. So you have your CTS as well. Yeah,
1: though. yeah, ab- absolutely. I, I've I've refused to. Um, the, the thing for me, and I'm quite fortunate, um, is that I'm, I'm, it's it's a hobby as well as a Career, so yeah. I love what I do. You know, I'm fascinated by it, much like yourself. You know, it, you know who else spends their Sunday mornings or Sunday afternoons, in our case, sort of chatting away on Twitter. On a, B, oh, B, a, B, yeah, yeah, exactly, um, exactly. And that's 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 it. It's it's you've got to have a passion, um, and with that, you've got to have goal. And so, you know, if when I'm not when I'm not doing a podcast this time, you know, I might well be doing an online course or. Or something just to make sure that um, you know the certifications are up. I've got no intention of, of going anywhere for them to be almost sort of to just be building on my CV. It's it's just I just want to be the best person I can be in my role. So it allows me to keep growing and, and progress. And
2: and I think as well, you probably we, you mentioned earlier on to me off mic like that like a family with, with two kids. <laughs> you two young kids, you're similar to myself because I have a second baby on the way and I have a two-year-old, like fast
1: asleep
2: (laughs) at the moment, but it's it's finding that work-life balance, Steve. So you've you've done all the pulling of cables, the live events and everything, give me an average day-to-day involved now. up in the morning, took the kids to school, what's what's next? You talked about, which I was really interested in to hear, you can do a lot of working from home.
1: Yeah, I've, I've reached a point now um the progression to to sort of work from home, I've sort of been fortunate I've almost to build my build my own role. Um so I've sort of I came in as a sort of service engineer and sort of applied myself very quickly and showed off that I had some programming skills that I sort of built up. Uh previously by just again just doing ad hoc bits and pieces. Um spent a couple of years ironing them out to become um one of the main programmers that involve and progressing from there as well with, with going into our R and D, making sure that what we offered was the best we could offer um and streamlining it as much as possible to then looking at other areas. So you know, as I was we saying earlier, sort of the undervalued um, HE tech, which isn't a tech at all. It's, it's a live events engineer. It's uh it's a, it's an install engineer. It's a, you know, is a tech, but then they're also, you know, it's, it's, it's a, it's a support engine, service engineer. It's the full lot. And, and on top of all that, as well, I spent um, several years on uh, from the age of like 20 for a couple of years um, on the university refurbishment committee, deciding upon you know, what we were going to put in next. So I suppose like a pre-sales consultancy role as well, um, and you know, perhaps our young uh, mentality, I think mm-hmm. there in terms of just being a bit streetwise, what, what else, but I think in, in my mind, the sort of the geeky side, we all seeped in and stayed in. Um, and so that's, i managed to recall that um, experience over the years and build that into my role now and i a technology uh manager involved. Um and so I'm sort of see a I'm sort of umbrella over both projects and service. Mm-hmm. I think my heart is within sort of service and um and and, and obviously the programming side, you know, again you see me reach out and I'll do bits and pieces for for uh an A V uh an AV jam that uh, we know yeah. of and um yeah they you know i've got that that's that's with my real they're my real passions service and, and programming and so with that as i say I, I there's times where i have to go out but the majority of my time is working from home so yeah i drop the kids off in the morning mm-hmm. log on check my emails see what's if anything's sort of coming overnight offer any remote support third line support to our to our guys um if we've if got programme jobs coming up or need to be evaluated what we're doing, then then start preparing them. Um, check what's going on in the industry. Um, you know, check that certain manufacturers haven't released yet another version of firmware which is going to wipe out all the previous APIs and yeah. render, render, render control systems uh, <laughs> useless uh, for the next couple of weeks. Um, and then, yeah, I pick the kids up again, at, you know, after school if if, if I've got that luxury, um, take a couple of hours off in the evening, to sort of spend some time with them and and to um, and to sort of get some get some dinner, and then then I'm probably back on it again. And I'm probably you know it's quite it's it's quite known for me to be sort of still sat at the desk about sort of uh, ten eleven even twelve o'clock at night. I mean. My situation is slightly different. My wife um, is uh, sort of disabled with her back and 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 some other bits, so you know it's difficult. I'm I've you know I'll always say that as as strange as it is, I'm quite fortunate. Um, whereas it could be classed as, a, as a, I try and take the positives out of the negatives.
2: Okay, yeah, I hear what you're saying. Yeah, no, it's it's great that you're able to, you finally found a footstep where you don't have to do what is the stereotype of many audiovisual technicians, the live events, the the long hours, to being able to work from home. Like, I I have to say, Steve, I, I don't hear many people in the European region that can admit, I work from home and... Do audiovisual unless they're involved in a sales pitch or something mm-hmm. like that. But to be able to offer remote assistance and remote support, <laughs> it's something that you don't hear about much in in Ireland and England.
1: No, it's. I mean, this this is quite. Um, again, we sort of had to build upon upon that. I think. I think we learned um, a couple of years ago that you know we can we can really up our game with with Supporting our engineers remotely, mm-hmm. um, as long as we invest in it, and then I think what was happening before is that we, you know, we're not we we're not the size of of what you could call the Big Four, um, so it's brightest in sort of UK and Islands. Yeah. However, it do, that doesn't mean that you you're any less of a company. And what we what you do is you adapt as in okay, you've not got. 30 engineers that are on the ground sat around and and, and whatnot uh, at, at times you've got engineers which are deployed everywhere how do you best use that resource yeah and what we what we quickly realized was okay i could go out to all these places and and i'll well, say all these places it wouldn't be i'll go out once a day mm-hmm. i could drive three hours to go you know to, to 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 wales or midlands or wherever else um and that's my day i do one call and that, that's it. Or you know, we use our, the team we've got. We, we deploy them when as and as where necessary. Um, we offer remote support. You know, connect via that sort of remote assistance, whatever else. Um, show them what we're doing. Mm-hmm. So it's sort of on it's sort, of, sort of ongoing training as well, if you like. Mm-hmm. Um, in the hope that that'll build up their skills as well. Uh, but we can, you know, as I say, we can deal with five, six, seven calls additionally a day in, in that, that breath. And uh, following, you know, the other thing that gives me then in sort of in my role now as well is that allows me then to turn around and say, you know, what this has happened today. Can we make sure this, you know, we need to action this immediately, we need to organize an arm, you know, we need to organize what for this or that, or we sort of revisit out uh, once the manufacturer provides us with, you know, the replacement kit for the faulty hardware. Um, and that's that's invaluable because otherwise, again, I'm on the road. I'm 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 away from my desk and away from the emails, and I, and I can't do, uh, I can't provide the the service that, that the customers demand.
2: Yes, yeah. Now, you you bring up an interesting point. Like I, I know that there are some AV companies that try and get to that stage where the end user has bought into this remote system. And. Um, do you find that it's at still at times a barrier if you get a new client on board that they just want to have the tech support technician visiting the site when things go wrong?
1: Yeah, and and, and to, to to clarify, we still send you know most of our remote support work is um, majority is with an engineer still attending sites. Okay, yeah, it's 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 a difficulty of of you know it's it's the sort of. Ensuring that you're using the skills you can, so we're using sort of geographical Mm -hmm. uh, engineers more than um, more than anything else, and so that's 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 the important thing. There is this this stigma between, you know, again we talk about all the time AV security, AVIT security, Mm -hmm. Um, and certainly I don't necessarily know if it's it's as much of a just say no. You you, you not going to update. You know we, we don't trust that you're not updating. for anything else, I think it's just a, in in the UK there's a raw protection mm-hmm. over uh, IT network also being, I say IT teams. It's not it's they they're like to purely class themselves as network teams. Yeah. Um, I think you get an IT manager and go. Yeah, that's a great idea. Well, yeah, we'll give you we'll put all your kit on on our network and give you access. And but then the network team will go. No, no, we can't do that. We're not going to do that. Yeah.
2: Um, you, it depends on the company. It depends on the company w- whether they'll give you that access, and I, I can, I won't name companies, but I know exactly th- th- the situation with, here in Ireland, and especially across in Dublin, where there's a lot of these companies that they, they want the setup, but they don't want to give that access, and they want to know what every single thing that's coming in and out of taxes.
1: Uh, absolutely, I mean, I, you know, we've had installs, and and the clients bought smart devices mm-hmm. and they've sort of we've we, we installed them in our usual way and everything like that and and we've first been told no you can't do this can't of that and then somebody else obviously the stakeholders turned around and gone so how do i change the how do i change the background on, on there it's you like can't. you can't your your <laughs> your network <laughs> team have said they've said i said no and then the next minute you're getting an email from the uh, the network manager sort of go can okay, you provide us with all the all the ports that we need to open up to and it's like Great. <laughs> here's, here's a white paper if this helps. No, you'll be to go through it. Okay. Um, so yeah, it's, it's it's a fun one.
2: Now if you if you were to say Steve, like if sorry, if I was to ask you for anyone that's new and coming into the A V industry, what road would you tell them to take?
1: It's a real it's a real difficult one. Um, because I think there'll be somebody in every single area of AB that will tell you, no, no, that's that's going to die. That that's 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 dead horse. Mm-hmm. And to be honest with you, at the moment, I'd say follow your passion, mm-hmm. follow what interests you, ask questions, always ask questions. Don't be afraid to learn from your mistakes. I don't think there's any of us that have learned by not making mistakes. Um, however, try and just limit them to the once, um, and just be open to, to the fact that it, it can be a brutal industry. Um, you've got to commit to it. And if you don't commit to it, then unfortunately, it's probably not, the, not the career for you. Cause you're not going to get anywhere easily. Uh, but ultimately the rewards, are, the rewards are worth it. And it's a great, when you look at your customers, and um, again, with involved, that's that's been a real passion of mine. Our, our customers, and you see what the difference you make. Mm-hmm. Um, then, then you know you do the right thing. You made the right decision. How, do you miss the higher
2: ed? I do. Of, you,
1: you do, yeah. Of course, I do. I, I miss, I miss sitting there for uh, eight hours a day playing football manager all day long. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, no. no. I, I, I do miss it. I miss, you know, it, it, depending on what the, you know, what the establishment is, it's it's a bubble, yeah. um, and it's, you know, Warwick especially. Warwick's an amazing place. It's just, first it's massive. I don't know if you've ever been. Yes, it, in there for the Philip Well, I, I
2: I haven't been there, but I I, I know. I've heard how big. They it's
1: it's 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 the place where the first week of. Um, October or well, last week, September, when the freshers come back, it's the weirdest experience ever. Because on a, it's a Sunday, and it's got the, the campus has got I think, four banks on site, and it's Sunday, and all the banks are open. Uh, it's it's everything is just a hive of activity. You've had three months of of conference delegates, so you know suits and everything else, and all of a sudden you've got all these new sort of fresh students come land back on you. Um, and it's it, the atmosphere is absolutely amazing. And it's, it's quite funny because we'd all switch roles. We'd go from all being sort of AV techs, engineers, you know, like with live events, whatever else, to suddenly being locksmiths and, and runners because all the shoes come back to accommodation, accommodation and things like that. And it was it's an amazing experience. But the, the day-to-day academic side, um, yeah, I, I miss those characters you know absolutely miss the characters um, the, the situations when it's you know I think I think days of overhead projects have, have long gone now in, in most universities
2: mm-hmm. but, yeah.
1: <laughs> but I, I remember those days of walking down the awkward steps there's uh, you know the same as the cinema of a sort of 250 seater auditorium uh, lecture theater uh, because you've got a, a academic at the front of the room going absolutely you know ballistic because they can't start their lecture and see equipment isn't working again and you already know the room you already know the academic and you already know what the problem is before you've stepped in oh yeah you know that the state's fitted that plug socket upside down on the side of the stage so you know that what appears to be off is on and that you've got to walk down those steps when That's everyone cool. instantly goes silent yeah. when you walk in and you can't show up that professor or whatever else they are by just walking going, click, yeah. there you go, um, because they will be held to pay. Um, DAF stuff like that, but then also the that that whole, there's essentially 50 minutes of a lecture. There's, there's five minutes past the hour to five minutes to the hour and there's never a gap anymore. It used to be years and years ago, yeah. but that's that's gone. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can't afford downtime. So you oh, didn't know what the fault was, you had up to 10 minutes, you had until 15 minutes past the hour, because then they were canceling. And believe you, when they canceled, they'd let you know about it. Right. And it's it's something that never, I've never experienced with any other customer in, in any other sector, industry, uh, you know, industry In the
2: sector yeah, you haven't experienced that pressure
1: Not not that sort of time scale, obviously time it's scale. much different, I've, I mean I've done on-site work mm-hmm. so I do understand that but it's still not the same as, as at, when a lecture can't go ahead mm-hmm. um, because because it's, it's, you know, it's set it's, there's, there's times, there's, there's 10 lectures a term uh, you can't have an 11th one there's no availability for rooms there's nothing in the timetable that allow it you know every one of those students has got different other sections you,
2: you were looking after AV across the whole campus then yeah yeah we, we, it
1: was um, uh, over 200 timetabled rooms wow. um, back in back in my day it was 13 lecture theaters of over a hundred of uh, over 150 seats mm-hmm. so that's you know that's Fully yeah. integrated systems. They're they were big, um, and I had I had the the, the largest lecture theatre I looked after, um, literally one of the, the newest, but mine was a four hundred seater that I re- look after on a regular, daily basis. Right. Um, right. But so that was that was my baby, I, I, I still miss that now. You know, it's it's is weird. It is. Um, we go, and of
2: course, doing live events to that size as well. When when you were in the summertime or off-term you
1: were doing it was brilliant it, yeah. yeah it was it was brilliant i mean um you know there, there's one building again we talked i spoke about the bubble uh but there's one building um at the university and it had 10 meeting seminariums if you like and the 400 seat auditorium which meant that essentially it was its own self-contained conference center um all alone and so i could spend most of my summer in that one building and, and with my you Know with my was a lecture theatre now an auditorium because it's, because it's conferences and they're no longer lecture theatres. Right. Um, but but suddenly, and, and the other thing that they that did was um, they invested separately into it. So I spoke about the refurb committee, which was it was you know part academic but part uh, at the time it was what conferences, yeah. Um, and they'd invest what conferences would invest. Into the AV facilities, so say for example, the academic side. Of all, we need. Uh, you know, we've got, again we're going back a few years. So mm-hmm. we, we want uh, a, a two thousand lumens mm projector in there, and Costa will say no. We want well no, we want at least a three thousand. Yeah. You know, so well it will cost this much. And, okay. Yeah. And they 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 build up the AV with it. So it was, it was brilliant because yeah. you know it wasn't just this. Um, auto, and I think that's where my understanding of programming came from because it wasn't just a a single one-touch automated system uh, because it, that, that's what it was for academic teaching purposes but then you have to suddenly turn much the same equipment from being all automated to being self-controlled with you know 48 channel mixing desks and yeah. so you can put in additional radio mics and, and everything else and suddenly you don't want to press play on a DVD player uh, on a, on a touch path DVD player you want to be able to do everything manually or route stuff manually um, so yeah, it, it, I think that's where, again, I find myself really lucky that I got to experience that mm-hmm. and got to then see the, I suppose it's more this, you know, that's where the integrator side comes from. Um, I, 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 I have to admit, I, um, not begrudgingly, but I think that the the job Jonathan Owen has done at Warwick yeah. is absolutely amazing. I think that he is... Yeah, um, he's completely modernised.
2: It's changed it completely.
1: Yeah, absolutely. You know, I was. You know, I I, I started with the with the school of, of the seventies really, and and I have got haven't got bad states on. Um, yeah. The, my manager when I first started there, a gentleman called Tay Williams. Um, yeah. He to, to this day, and I know that there'll probably be a couple of people listening who sort of go, well not yeah. me, but. Um, Terry Williams to me, he, he took me under his wing as a as a sixteen year old and, and, and guided me through what I needed to and and, and turned me into uh, a much better human being. Um, and there's then sort of Terry has retired, unfortunately due to ill health, and that's that's where I sort of got a couple of years experience between transition um, of of sort of not 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 leading the team as such, but taking a lot more responsibility on. Um, and then things um, went in a different direction um stripped all the virtual the uh, touch panels out replaced them all with with um, sort of button systems mm-hmm. um I was heartbroken I was sort of thinking this isn't this isn't how it should be um, <laughs> and and subsequently I don't like um, yeah. no no absolutely and then and um, at the same point you know Jonathan arrived um is yeah. crazy. just as just as, almost just as young as, as I was um but he you know he's also a very sensible head and and um yeah he sort of he he, he quickly um took charge of 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 all services at Warwick and, and it's amazing sort of catching on twitter and seeing all the bits pieces what you know exactly what he's achieved and so hats off um, to Charles and, and the team I know he's still got you know, that's a number of years. Uh, I still about H. E. Did you actually badly. get?
2: Did you get to go to any LTSMG conferences?
1: No, I've I've not been on any.
2: Oh my goodness, I've been on one already, and I tell you, it's just a, like yeah, we uh, we definitely do talk tech. No, we don't. We actually drink a lot of beer and then talk tech.
1: I think I think the problem was I was bitter when I, I when I left well, higher education because I wasn't. I didn't feel like I was done. And I think it was only the last few years I was involved where I've sort of gone, thank God what happened happened because I might still be there, you know, in, in the next 40 years. You know, I might never have left uh, higher education. I think that there's th- something quite uncomfortable. I don't want to be a 60-year-old man in an environment full of 18, 21-year-olds. Mm-hmm. I was struggling with that at the age of 24 Okay. Um, you know, I was quite happy to sort of to come away from 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 it in the end, and, and yeah, it took me a lot. It did take me a long time to sort of go, okay, do you know do you know what it's 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 time to have a look at see what's happening, and and yeah, as I say, it's it's amazing what what's happened there, and I'm look at some of the some of the installs and photos of the work there and, and stuff, and I'm I'm very jealous um, that we didn't have more of that. Uh, years ago uh, because it's 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 amazing it's it's and you know you when you've got a good you know when you've got a good leader yeah. um, because you manage to secure the funding
2: well it, it 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 speaks for itself and what the actual university itself has done yeah you know like you, you can see it with their awards and what they have picked up in in in, in the recent times uh, absolutely. and good, good leadership good teams will win, will win. absolutely I'll, I'll, that's of that scale now moving on slightly i you mentioned a, a lot about programming steve so i have to ask you the quick question extron or crestron Crestron. Crestron all the way absolutely now i have to say it is it is interesting saying crestron. i just find that if you're an outside person trying to get crestron programming it's
1: incredibly
2: difficult do you find that
1: no because i do it I'm um, a okay. Christian programmer, so. Did, um,
2: did you have to get a? Did you have to get a company? Well, you have involved behind you, but to get onto the training courses, it's very hard to get onto them.
1: Uh, of course, you, yeah, it, it it can be, and I, I know what you mean. Um, extra and offer direct courses for higher education. Yes. Um, I think that, it's. It's a little bit more tricky with with Crestron um because you need to normally have the backing of your um reseller Mm -hmm. and in the university that's of course i think it's tender Mm -hmm. and so it becomes very difficult to do so um however you know i I don't know power social media these days maybe
2: yeah Um, to to get some helping hands to get to back you up and get you onto a course.
1: Uh, absolutely. And, and I think that, you know, I think that Crestron would, that the thought that they're losing out on a market because of that and because, you know, not recognizing the skill sets there are within higher education, mm. um, I'm sure they'd have a rethink.
2: Well, I hope they do. Okay, that answered that one. Crestron and Exxon, it's Crestron all the way. Um, Apple or Android? Android yes i thought you might say that um, <laughs> what type of phone have you got
1: uh, i've got a samsung note 9.
2: yes uh, so you, you haven't gone down the huawei type of route and would you actually touch huawei with all the the controversy that's going on
1: well i wouldn't because it, well, it, you know at the moment it's not going to be supported. the next model is not going to be supported yes uh, and we don't know when the current version might suddenly stop getting supported so i'm aware i'm well aware of that do i think it's mainly hype i think anything at the moment well, i'm gonna be careful about that i might upset some people but there, of course there's always hype coming out of the us at the moment when it comes to politics so um it's,
2: it's already steve on our podcast and we're not afraid to to in exactly <laughs> different ways you think it's hype do you i
1: i think a lot of it i think a lot of it is it, it, is hype um, I, think, I think you know I I, I I there's bits of av security um, and, and any sort of security like that at the moment, IT security especially, I mean, there's a lot of money to be made. Mm. Uh, uh, yeah. That doesn't mean that I don't believe that there is problems, because there is. Mm-hmm. I'm cautious of the limitations to those problems. So I won't change, believe in going, you know, in regards to it being AV. I'm really opening this kind of worms here. Um, major ninety-five percent of my systems are local ones. Mm. You know, the all the kit is on a local lamp. Now, as far as I'm concerned, my biggest threat isn't somebody hacking into that system. It's somebody coming in with a sledgehammer and just deciding they're going to willfully demolish it because that's all they can get from it. Mm. You know, and is that then enough? And I, I, I completely understand that times will change and, and more stuff will be networked and, and remote access and, and what not else uh, for remote support. However, does that mean that we instantly turning around now and saying we can't, we shouldn't be using that or uh, we should be um, focusing on, on all this extra um, sort of security when it's, it that doesn't affect that setup, it's so it's oh, difficult to explain. Um, my, my concern is that we, we're essentially cutting off technologies, yeah. Because it could pose a risk, yeah. And as far as I'm concerned, everything poses you know, everything out there poses a risk of sorts.
2: As, as soon as it's networked, it can pose a risk, uh,
1: absolutely. But much the same way, you know, I think that AV security now to a degree is is much the same as. Physical security was, you know. I'm sure you, you, you know, 10, 10, 15 years ago, if it wasn't absolutely caged down, locked down, it would be gone. Especially, I remember, you know, again, working work at university, I remember that you've got control rooms. You've got control rooms within lecture theatres. Lecture theatres in which some students couldn't open the doors because they were so heavy when they were unlocked. Yeah. And get people breaking into, first in the building, then into the lecture theatre. Then into the control room to steal the projector,
2: yeah.
1: And they were good, they'd have security cameras in there, they'd be in and out within a minute, you know. Um, and to a degree, that's that, you know, that's what's happening. That's what's it's the same to me to the to level, it's the same threat we've got now. Um, you have got people that are more, yeah, there might be somebody in there that's more determined if you're in a bank, if it's a bank environment or whatever else, yeah, absolutely you've got to be aware of the risks in there. But there's also just as much risk on the IT network side that they they would manage and look after as well. So nothing's ever going to be wholly secure.
2: You know, know, accidents happen, and accidents happen from the end user, is the way I would describe it. As in, you can have the best system available and completely locked down, and you talk about banks and whatever, And it takes for someone to leave a sticky note
1: underneath their keypad.
2: And it happens. Absolutely.
1: And as I say, and I'll be really, really clear, I take AV security desperately seriously. Mm -hmm. My point is, though, that I don't envisage the next... um, I've I've completely forgotten the... You know, Maui or the NHS attack that we had in the UK... Summer Before Last, um, Ransomware and all that, I don't, I'm not expecting to see that on AV right now. Um, because I, I do believe that unfortunately we are reactive rather than proactive, but I think that, I think we're safe. You know, we've got to be sensible, but, but my, my biggest point is we can't just suddenly cut off all our streams and go, no, 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 we're not going to do that anymore because, because something bad may happen one day, if that's the case we won't get out of bed in the morning.
2: In fact, Steve, I'm surprised that Trump hasn't been blaming a hacker for damaging the presidential uh, or the electoral debates there a week ago when the microphones <laughs> failed. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's another that's another topic uh, that's controversial and we'll have your comments <laughs> and answers on uh, answers on a postcard, please do all things Techie. Um okay, so we said um Apple or Android, you've gone with Android would
1: you go mac or windows 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 yeah windows and partly it's lazy it's because it's what i know yeah um, and, and and yeah it, it's it is lazy i know people will sell their soul for, for macs and apple and whatnot but um I, i'm i'm a good old windows boy it's i've learned on 3.1 mm-hmm. grown up with it um i'm happy with that thanks
2: okay <laughs> well i i just use both because i do a lot of video editing myself okay. but, uh, that's, that, that's the only reason i use a mac now uh, infocom or ISE, or have you been to Bronco? i don't know yet okay interesting <laughs> I,
1: i'll you tell was... you what this infocom. i went to ISE this year okay um that's amazing
2: mm-hmm.
1: um it's the first year I, I i it was actually the first year i've been
2: all oh, right okay
1: um it's 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 one of those where unfortunately you're when you're on the ground um you're unavailable to go um there's always a reason why not and this year is the first year I got to go and, and yeah the geek in me it was is you know it was the absolutely it was like disneyland um but then seeing everyone at infocom on, on Twitter and whatnot last week I the, the green eyed monster really did come out uh, uh, of me. You
2: You haven't been to Infocom yet?
1: I've okay. not been to Infocom yet. No,
2: either of I and I just like the actual green eyed monster, as you say, I want to go over to Infocom and I want to go there. I
1: desperately a- want to go. Uh, yeah. I think that it looks, I think it's just a lot more rounded. Yeah. It, it feels, you know, you, ISE amazing, but. I think that you can get lost in the depths of i s e oh, into the irre- complete complete utter irre- irrelevance and I think that introcom seems to be a little bit more rounded like that um it's it's got the people it's it's um it, it seems just more vibrant and colorful and and just that you no know, nice yeah. sort of you know yeah.
2: Yeah, and more parties as well, it seems. I don't, I don't want to say that out loud. Yeah, markets. but we get it. Yeah. So, <laughs> now, uh, if, if you said the one trend in audiovisual that you see happening in the next five years, what do you think is going to be big? I, I,
1: I think it's what we already know. It's AV over IP going hmm. further. Um, there's little else that I actually can look at the moment and go, definitely, you know, and and... and you know i'd love to do another one of these in five years but the one thing i'm going to put my neck on the line and i say the one thing that isn't going anywhere is programming yeah, yeah. um again you know i'll be quite vocal on in AM and am and stuff and um again from higher education background i think that i think that you can probably relate to that, it, that it,
2: it, it's, it's not changing it isn't changing <laughs> okay yeah, it, yeah it's going to be over ip yeah great you know maybe we'll have more remote access maybe if you're down the extra route or similar products, um, that it's going to be more accessible for the technician who has very little programming to get the basics of on, off, you know, change source. But no, it's not gonna be any bigger than what it is now, unless, you know, unless you're designing a template um, in a Crestron controller, where you're adding images, you're adding background sources,
1: or or whatnot. I think that's it, isn't it? It's. I think it comes more down to the the, the pre-sales side, the system you know system architect side, as well as the customer, and and their their sort of budgets really. Um, I think the whole um, manufacturers coming up with their own solution. Um, I don't think it's going to work and the reason reason for for why higher education a very specific niche in terms of that system has got to be as simple as possible however i don't think manufacturers are going to make anything as simple as possible because they're going to still want to include their own elements to it um they're going to want to their mark is always going to be on it they're not going to turn around and go okay our our product that we sell globally we sell to every sort of industry there is must be really important for higher education we, we must look after higher education especially they don't need all that rest of that stuff
2: mm-hmm.
1: and and that's not going to happen like that and at the same then for health for uh, government for corporate everyone still needs that that element um somebody suggested to me uh, a couple of weeks ago and said you know we have crystal mercuries in all of our huddle spaces, they don't need any programming. They come pre-built, and and, um, and and yeah, we just we just plug them in, and they're ready to go. It's like, yeah, they, they're amazing. You know, the, those those sort of simple huddle space, all-in-one units, brilliant. But tell me now, did you programmer doing your huddle spaces ten years ago? Did you have huddle spaces ten years ago? No. No. The industry has seen that there's a gap in the market and they've and gone for it. Focusing on it. Uh, Absolutely. As yeah. technology becomes adapted more, so does, it's, you know, the, the customers, uh, the, uh, possibilities open up yeah. to, to the customers.
2: I totally agree with you Steve. You know, like, and when you look at it in a higher ed um, capacity and you have a limited budget, you know, you might have a faculty member that just wants to be able to do video calls, and you're thinking, "Hold on a minute, I have a limited budget here here's a let's say for example, a logitech camera that's doing h d quality that they can stick in their room or in their huddle space versus here's a two grand pan tilt zoom camera. They don't need a pan tilt zoom camera; it's a huddle space you know a simple camera u s b there you go, off you go, you know, and you will still get the third party tenders tendering for absolutely ridiculous amount of money, knowing that it's higher education, knowing that they can try and fool people with this. And I'm sorry, this, this might might offend a lot of AB companies, but it's it's true, we all know. No, them. no,
1: it's, it's, it's funny, it's, um, you know, again, I've gone through the years and, and the, the whole tender process has changed dramatically from when I first started to when I left Irish fiction and I remember that we used to basically be you know we, we use Joe blogs we've used them for, for years and you know they'll get their mate you know Jack and and and, uh, and John and and uh, yeah they'll, they'll get the job sorted within a week and it's, it's uh, cheap um, and that would be exactly the same installers you know you're only a big big systems integrators was was going to want to charge you but for, for a fifth of the cost. Mm-hmm. And it, it's, it's funny how that's changed and you've had to bring the big ones in. But the weird thing is, when you bring the big, when the big ones have come in, there's seen more and more delays and, and more um, problems because of, of the culture, the nature of, of it. And, and it's a very fine line. And that's not, to, that's not the fact I'm not talking badly about anyone else. I think it's I think the, the biggest problem is it's understanding your client. Yeah. And and that is what's gonna occur for these these manufacturers, uh whether it's your Cisco's your polycoms or whoever else, when they decide to turn around and go, You don't need anyone else. you, you can do all your stuff through us, you can do all we'll do all your programming or it's all built in. Um because my, my answer to that is it's it's not gonna it's not gonna work for everyone because there's gonna be an element you're gonna go no they must not be able to do that well I can't turn that on or off it that's just what it comes with
2: yeah
1: um, so and then then obviously as well it's never gonna cater for the, those bigger spaces mm-hmm. and so the only thing that I see missing off is is where by some perhaps cheekier integrators would try to take on the twelve you know the, the sort of 12 seater. Uh, meeting rooms, really, and I think that's that's the one area that's up for of grabs. The yeah. rest of it, you know, again, if you've got the right if you've got the right systems architect and pre-sales team, and they can design you, and go. This is a Type A room, this is a Type B room, you know, or medium VC, large VC, and everything in there, every component in there is going to be identical for those eight rooms. Yeah. And the large VC room, everything's going to be identical for those four rooms. So it's going to require two programs you don't have this problem and what you want you want to be able to you want to be able to access it via your your intranet uh yeah yeah we can we can sort that for you what do you want you know what information you want to be able to see yeah we'll do it the once and it will work then on steve you're talking everything.
2: about the ideal world but it never happens like that unfortunately. i think
1: i think that we, we can and this is what, yeah, you know, what this, is, this is what this is what we're doing more now yeah. um and it's being able just to it is again. It is. I appreciate it's difficult for some because they're constantly up against it. You know, it doesn't stop. Yeah. Um, but it's it's. You, you've got to start thinking about. You know, it's after. For me, after after four years of programming, you know, um, or programming. Sorry for, for four years programming for involve. Mm. Uh, is every job I do? It's every custom job I do, fully custom. Not picking there's bits and pieces out there now that you you take and you and you use elements of that, and that speeds up that process for you. So you're not talking four weeks for a job, you know. You're talking four days if that.
2: Yeah.
1: Um, and but then then what you're trying to do at the same time, you're going okay, this this functionality would be really useful. Noting it more and more, and the equipment as it progresses, you get more APIs. We can give that you know, we give that functionality there. Is that something we want to include? How do we, do, we, do we look at absorbing the costs of company and simply hoping that our clients are going to recognize what we've done different to anyone else? Um, are we able to charge for it? Or, but it's, it's a nice position to be in because you, you've got the options. You've just got to think about it. You've got to think about it carefully. You've got to go, okay, this isn't about necessarily about us. It is about our customers and what will make it easy for them. Um, but also, we've got to bear in mind as well, the support, you know. I'm not going to go into the whole AV as a service. I think yeah, we've, yeah, that's was, been done elsewhere.
2: Joe's, Absolutely.
1: Absolutely. But, you know, we can't ignore the fact that service is a major, major thing in the industry. Essentially, that's what, that's pretty much, let's be fair, that's pretty much what higher education is. Yeah, It's the main thing, it's service. Um, so when I when again when I do programming I, I'm constantly thinking about okay how can this be serviced? Yeah. What what can I do on here to provide information for both the customer when they ring up a help desk or our help desk? Yeah, the calls you don't want that extra you don't you don't but but you, you tell me that you tell me that you don't sit at your laptop and you suddenly don't get a blue screen or you don't suddenly get something yeah. crash or something just, just suddenly stops working it's technology tech every now and again right. goes yeah. wrong Yeah. you know whether it's whether it's just from hardware or whether there is some sort of special loop that uh, that an engineer's got, sorry that uh, a user's going to create that, that suddenly breaks something yeah. i mean the other thing as well is you know, I think we, we I would say in the last twelve months it's perhaps slightly mm. Im, uh, improved. Um, but I think that for the last sort of two out the last three years, firmware in our industry has been hell. I've yeah, not I've yeah, not witnessed annoying, it as yeah. bad as it has been. Mm-hmm. Um, and and just 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 purely you know, I don't expect to get a the get a upgraded version of something sent out to me, a new model or something, whereby I've got no option but to go with a new version because the old version's end of life within, after six months. Mm -hmm. And then to find out that, you know what, there's there's firmware bugs on this. Or, you know, you get a call three days later after installing it, this, you know, I've got this problem and you're going, what on earth is that problem? I've never seen it before. That's completely random. You phone up the manufacturer.
2: You nearly feel like waiting a week
1: or two if you can, I, I think you've got to wait. The way it's going, it has it had been going is you're having to wait three to six months. Yeah, and this and this is it. And, and you know, there's there's one massive manufacturer who brought out a, a new version of hardware, and it must have been out three months after they brought it out. We stuck it in, and we we're getting loads of random issues. And you know, do you know what? The gas on it, it it can't be anything to do with that. It doesn't make sense. Yeah. You no, know, it doesn't feel like it's hardware failure. It's just weird. And we phoned them up and we said, that, "Oh, um, yeah, we've had we a couple of reports about this. Um, we've got some beta firmware for you to to try." So, all right. And then you go, to, you you get sent the beta firmware and that doesn't work because it's the wrong wrong file. And then you decide, Oh, do you know what, I'm running out of time, I need to go on their website, look on the website. actually, they've never released a stable version of firmware. Okay, you get another version of firmware, that doesn't work. So then they send you another version of firmware. And this issue went on for six months. And it was a, it was after a total of nine months in which they suddenly released the first stable version of firmware. God. Now this is this was one of this. I'm not going to name. I'm really not going to name. No, no, we're not going to name. But this is one of their flagship. This was one of their flagship bits of kit. And I just thought to myself, how can that be possible Hmm. to to have that those sort of problems? And and we saw it. You know, there's there's the one company. There's company. There is a company that I will mention that is a bane of my life. Their firmware, Cisco with their Codex. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I I. And I will mention because I want them really deeply to do something about it. The fact that you've got something working, and it works. The hardware. Now the difference is the hardware doesn't change. Yeah. It works in version one, works in version two, three, four. No five. No no. Not anymore. Five, six. Yep. Yeah, seven, eight. And so, what 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 went on there? Why why did that just stop working in that version? Yeah. You know, it, it's it, it's it's random. I I don't I don't get it, but they're the things that break systems it's nothing to do with programming and code going back to the start of this mm. um most of the time I, I say to our engineers you know they come up they, i'll get an email or phone call going that uh the problem with, with code or a program need needed where where are you, and they'll tell you where i'm not telling me how much that was on two years ago yeah yeah it doesn't need a programmer yeah. the code code doesn't break programming code does not break itself if if, if something else has changed if an element of that system has has changed then maybe it might need adapting but that's not the root cause Mm -hmm. you know and 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 that's that's the thing whereby you know you said that you're making uh difficult for yourself whatever else or, or you know it's you're not making these systems anymore um, susceptible to failure or anything like that at all, by spending that little bit of time, you're, you're doing the complete opposite. You're, you're building them, you're, you're making sure they're stable and that can be used for four or five years.
2: But sometimes you ask yourself, Steve, with with those type of firmware updates, what is the necessity of these updates? Maybe it's security. I say nine times out of ten, it is security. But sometimes I, I say, especially in... In the higher ed and end of things, I've seen it, where people go, hold on, I don't want to touch this in case it it all falls. It's,
1: over. it's the race. It's the race market. Hmm. Ultimately, that's the problem. I don't see anywhere near as many critical updates because of security anymore. I see it with feature updates, and it's because it's a race to market. Hmm. And, and I know we've always had this problem, it AP, but it's, it's 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 getting worse. It's. It's that whole, it's not yet finished, but so-and-so might be bringing one out. We, we need to get out there first. Yeah, first yeah. And so we'll chuck it out. And, and again, you know, I, I've, seen, I've seen manufacturers selling functionality of kit and it taking three years. And, and you do what actually doing. do because, it, because it's coming in future firmware. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that's going to get even worse. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. And I, I can see a lot of that in residential uh, Internet of Things devices and we we don't even need to name the names, we all know who we're talking about. See, I'm going to give you a final question, we could talk about programming all night long. <laughs>
1: yeah, you, know no you,
2: you, you know that you're having a good time on it, but yeah. it is your birthday and what do you give a, a tech girl like yourself that have a load of techie gadgets? Do you want a techie gadget? For, if, if if you have, if, if your wife probably came to you and go, what do you want for your birthday? And you said,
1: my wife was thrilled because last week they released the Raspberry Pi Four.
2: Right. Okay.
1: So all of a sudden, the Raspberry Pi Four is the the, the geeks, especially programming geeks, new toy. So that was sorted. It was going to be, um, Amazon vouchers and everything else, and volume mods and everything else for it, and all of a sudden, your networking your house up to Internet of Things and 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 everything, um, because it's development, and 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 there's one point, you know, I, I there's one point I'd like to mention, and, and about everything we've talked about so, far, a lot of things we've talked about so far, is is we've always talked about the future. Mm-hmm and not getting it right we said the, the 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 race to um functionality and, and whatnot but i wish our industry can look at today yeah. focus on getting today right oh, then nice. then let's worry about five ten years time that, that, i think that, we're running now before we quote, can meet a quote
2: of the actual series of my yeah let's get things right now instead of looking at
1: Yeah, it's it's, that's that's my biggest concern. So when I again, you know, you question about what you get a geek for their birthday, and that is something whereby they can geek and they can do little bits of research and they can, they can look at the future, but they do it. They do it away from away from their customers.
2: Oh, absolutely. Now. You, you you brought up Raspberry Pi. Now, I haven't played around with Raspberry Pi. I, I keep on saying to myself, and even to Simon, my co-host, that I want to get a Raspberry Pi and just program and teach myself some bits and pieces. It, am I right in saying that Raspberry Pi have a shop in London now? Ha, has Raspberry Pi, in your views, gone very commercialised now? It used to be sort of like the geeky
1: It was, that, think, it was wasn't it? It was that a little bit off, sort of are you know they got associated with uh sort of C B C final, wasn't it? And and bits and pe you know, that that's it got associated with but it's gone it's gone massive and and to be honest with you, rightly so. Um because there is a there is a hell of a lot you can do with it. Um it it's it is the it is the modern day Meccano. Um but its possibilities for the price are 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 massive, you know but in the same breath, you, you've, got to, you've got to, be slightly cautious because you can get carried away with it. I know some people they're sort of like, yeah, I've got twenty, I've got twenty Raspberry Pis around my house now, and I've got full CCTV set up. And I'm thinking, well, Raspberry Pi probably spending just for the just for the board itself, you spend about forty quid, and then you'll be power supplies and everything else, and so probably close to sixty quid. Then you've got the camera, it's about another twenty pound on top if you have got cameras and. Well, you're probably better off just buying a CCTV system. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's, it, exactly. it, it, it can get out of control. Yeah. Um, but I think that it's it's nice because you can see, you can see what's possible. And you does can your see
2: wife it. understand your geekiness with this Raspberry Pi that she's just bought in.
1: No. Um, Neither does my she wife. Does, she doesn't probably get my, my, my geekiness at all. And, and I found she doesn't, you know, if someone is to ask her what I do.
2: <laughs> um, yeah, my my wife just believes that like I just play around and you know.
1: I I have to admit when people ask me what I do now I, even I struggle to answer. It, yeah. it is it is, Welcome it is to
2: the world of AV my friends.
1: That's it. You pick a small area of it and you just go, um, you know, like FaceTime on your phone. Yeah. I suppose like that, you know, um, <laughs> but yeah, it, it's what we it's, it's, it's worth it. I think on that note, Steve,
2: I've, I've taken up a lot of your time tonight, and it's your birthday, and you definitely deserve a couple of points now at, the, at this <laughs> After the night you've had, and we won't go into that. No. <laughs> so, uh, that's a different subject for a different day, and I'm sure Steve will tell us about you all about it at some stage, like at ISE or Infocom in the. In the future that's where we will say the future maybe is where we all meet up and have a good few pints and discuss these indeed steve thank you so much
0: um, thank I'll you for having me a- thanks for tuning in to the all things techie podcast this has been episode 13. i uh, want to really ramp up the amount of episodes and we will be continuing this with episode 14. a uh, great interview there also and uh, we were joined by rob hyde Uh, for episode 14, that's coming up as well, uh, right here on the All Things Techie podcast. You can visit our website, www.allthingstech.ie, where we talk about anything tech in an Irish perspective. Now, also, we're going to be talking about, in the next couple of episodes, spam callers. Does it annoy you, listeners, especially if you're living in Ireland? My mobile phone is with Vodafone. i'm going to tell you the most interesting story where their tech support and their business customer call center told me to contact my local garda station because i'm getting international spam calls even though i blocked them time and time and time again i'm getting about five ten of these calls a day to my mobile phone and so the other thing that they then told me to do was download Free apps for my Android phone, or they can change my number that I've been using for the past 18 years. Love to hear Irish perspectives on that, and if you have an international perspective too, but especially Irish perspectives, what would you do? What is the communications regulator in Ireland doing about it? We'd hopefully be trying to link in with them as well, but that's coming up in a later episode of All Things Tech. If you have comments on that, you can tweet myself, Justin, at Justin or Dawson, or you can visit our website, www.allthingstech.ie. This program has been brought to you by the Extreme Media Network. You can visit Extreme Media at www.extrememedia.ie. For me, Justin Dawson, thank you for tuning in, and I'll see you next time. The All Things Techie Podcast is a product of the Extreme Media Network. For advertising and sponsorship opportunities, please visit www.extrememedia.ie. That's X T R E M E. Media.ie.